Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. What's in there? Only what you take with you. Good evening. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with the drink, shall we? I've been here five years. They only owe me the right way up yesterday. Looking at your Richie Blackmore vinyl over there. Oh, are you a fan of Richie Blackmore? I am a fan of Richie Blackmore. So uh, you and I—I I even put a D and D thing just for you that one time. You oh, came that was based right. on a Richie Blackmore was this, song. Was this the castle that we were attacking oh, on the cover nice. of the, the Rainbow album? Mm. I'll tell you, old Dio, Dio and Richie Blackmore. There's nothing better. Yeah, yeah. I've I never, Richie. never, uh, never listened to him. Well, I might have, and you I just to Richie at least once. probably don't know the, who they are. It's fantastic. Uh, it's it's good D and D playing music. So okay, I think Renaissance-ish type music, especially once he meets oh, Candace Knight. Candace Knight, who I don't know if I'm getting the story wrong, but I remember watching a documentary. She was like a soccer mom. Like she was not. A, maybe she's not a soccer mom. I may be saying that wrong. But they met at like their kid's soccer game. Like Richie Blackmore nice. is like this aged guitar player whose kid is just like playing soccer and Candace Knight was there they struck up some sort of relationship um, and then they joined together and made uh, Blackmore's Night which really? is fantastic fantasy renaissance music I really like it they're fun huh their first so album Shadow of the yeah. Moon is probably one of my favorites that one is a good Shadow one. Of I remember I was I, not no even not even like no, I know it's not it's, it's another song that immediately <laughs> made me think that title made me think of another song that's not related but it popped I was in my working head. at I was working as a stock boy at Kmart and uh, oh, that, that uh, the stores that no longer exist. Yeah, that album uh, would play constantly on their little TV in the electronics oh, really? section. Yeah, and that's how I got turned on to them because I was oh. I'd always stop and I'd be like, "What is this?" <laughs> and I mean, Richie Blackmore is just at this time he's on an acoustic and just he's still really shredding good. Yeah. on acoustic and nice. it's, it's fantastic. I mean, you can take or leave Candace Knight whether you like her or not, but I really like her voice. Okay, uh, but um, but he just to hear him. Play acoustically is an amazing thing. Really? Yes, he's he's fantastic. But on a different note, have have any of you guys uh, ever dated twins? No, <laughs> it's a completely different note. Yeah, that no. is that is a major different note. But no, no, <laughs> I, I, sense. I really haven't. Have you? No, I I have never never have they even been in the dating pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah mine. No, I feel like really. twins are on the rise. I see twins everywhere. Uh, never when I was growing up. I don't rem I don't know of any twins. When I knew I, of like in my high school. Yeah, I don't even think there was I went a to a larger high school and I knew of like t uh, two pairs of twins, but they weren't like identical twins or anything right. like that. And I've seen more identical twins or very very closely identical. Yeah, you know, not, they might not be. Exactly, but they're really close. Yeah, mine was small. Well, I, can I, think of a couple, I would be petrified if I was dating a twin because my uh -huh. mind is generally a fuzz anyway. I would never so be I have a good start for that. <laughs> okay, really? Yes. Yes. When I was in college as an RA, one of the other RAs, they had a twin sister. Okay. Oh boy. So when RA, you're supposed to go on rounds through the building. So one day they were go, she was going on rounds with this other guy, and as they went around the corner, they switched places. <laughs> Same outfits, everything. They did it throughout the whole building. Kept switching wow. floors, and then they met him in the middle, and he just goes, I hate you both, and walked away <laughs> and stormed off, because he hadn't figured it out yet. Well, where, where we work, we have a special education teacher who is a twin. Yep. We do? Yes, yes. we do. Oh. Uh, and, and, um, and that proved to be weird for me, because when I was first, I was only substitute teaching at the school. I had met her, gotten to know her a little bit, and then I went to the neighboring school district to sub. Her sister works there. Um, just had a slightly different haircut, but nothing that anybody would notice. She's walking down the stairs, and I just started talking to her. <laughs> like, and the weird thing is, is she never called me out on it. No, she, she just goes do that. that. She just goes with it. Yeah. She really? just goes with it. And so there I was talking. And then 
you know, next day or a couple days later, I'm at the school and I was trying to make a conversation with the teacher at our school. And that's when I put two and two together when things weren't jiving. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing I said a couple days ago? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Wait a second. It didn't happen. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> nope. But hey, uh, we are here to talk about some twins. Yes, we are. Uh, not twins in the real world, but twins in a galaxy far, far away. And that's a long the, time ago, too. A long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we are here to do another episode of Deeper Delves where we are going to be delving even deeper. Yes. Into the uh, Tales from Moe's Isley Cantina, edited by Kevin J. Anderson. We really liked, I think, both stories from last time. Absolutely. So here we are to grab two more of them. Hammer Tong uh, is the first one up about the famous Tonica sisters. Yes. Yeah. The Tonica sisters that we saw for how long in the cantina scene? Like <laughs> seconds. Seconds. I think probably they're probably in, in in multiple frames. I know. I think you's in the background. You, you and, see them. Yeah. I think when the the um, Baba loses an arm, I think they show them kind of like both of them are kind of looking. Yeah. I think there's a long in shot the of them when there. they first show the whole cantina. So they're, you know, I think multiple shots. Yeah, but for them. The Tonica sisters are, are proving to be a very interesting little foray into um, the behind the scenes of making of the movies and why we don't have action figures of these two. Yeah, you told you were telling me a little bit about this ahead of time, and I I just was fascinated it is a fun by story, that. I mean, right, so I've been dealing with the whole half hour before we started recording. That is trying true. to figure yeah. out the yeah. whole story. Yeah. So I'm sure the, our listeners already know this, and if you don't, well, here it is again. And and we're kind of piecing it together as we go, so yeah. we might have to follow up with some of this. I don't know if anybody out there who's listening collected a, a bunch of the action figures, but for a while Hasbro, what it seemed like their coffers were limitless and absolutely yeah. everything wow. that was on star wars for even a microsecond was being made into an action figure even action. things that were cut even Our things that really are. Oh yeah. Well, look at Force Awakens. Your one favorite constable character that you got. Yeah, that wasn't even wasn't even on the screen. Wasn't even. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, I mean, they made Yarna Del Gargan. I, I don't even. <laughs> Did you speak English? Yeah. <laughs> so she is in Jabba's palace. She is um, Ula is the dancing girl yep. with the the Twilight dancing yep. girl. Uh. She also is kind of the old lady that is supposed to have. Six memories. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that comes out dancing. Never with the, with the. Was she the one singing too? No, no she no. wasn't singing. She no. was. Yeah, she was just she's there. She's just given. She's just so. given kind of a sassy look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, sassy look with true. the rolls. Yeah, yes. But um, I always thought they were fat rolls, but they are not. Nope. They made an action figure of her. Who would have thought? Now here's my question. Money. Do you have that action figure? Of course. Okay. <laughs> Another side story about these action figures. That's what I thought. These, these are the famous. She was a part of the line of the famous first day of issue action figures. They oh. came out and all of the ones that, I mean, this was a mecca for Star Wars collecting. And I think like anything, uh, there is kind of a firestorm of where there must be a group of us, myself included, that was just furiously collecting yeah. and then that fire eventually dies out and I think we're yeah. in a period now where that fire has died somewhat the collecting the coll fire the collecting fire that was the early thousands oh, yeah. okay. uh, it was yeah. just yeah. rampant um and so Hasbro was doing everything to try to like bait people into the stores. And one of the things they did was a thing called the first day of issue, which these action figures would come out. They were supposed to have a sticker on that said first day of issue. And it was uh, very limited. It was kind of like, I suppose, the first printing of a book, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so I had Crystal. My wife was still driving back and forth uh, from her job. And she was stopping. I had her stopping at a Walmart. <laughs> God, I love her. Uh, to look for these first day of issues. And sure enough, she's going through them. And over the phone, you can imagine it. She's going, um, okay, so this fat woman, Yarna Gergagen, you you need her? I'm like, does, and I'm like this, the crazy person yeah, on the other end. So what do, uh, does she have a sticker? Now the sticker is reflective. It's foil. It says first day of issue. She's like, uh, yes. Uh, I'm like, how many are there? How many are there? And this was the day and she contemplated uh, Can, getting a divorce. Yeah, uh, two because I was always buy one oh, to yeah, stay at one opener, one, one mint on card. There you go. Um, mm. And so 
those figures hung around for literally years. One of the podcasts <laughs> that I listened to used to make it a game at their local Walmarts to see if they were still hanging there. Yarna hung around literally, I think it was two and a half years they were still finding first day issue stickers wow. for some of these characters. So, whatever. But... It was Needless to say, uh, one of the guys at Hasbro was making every figure from this cantina. Okay. And the one that I was always waiting for, because I, was, I wasn't new to Star Wars, but I was new to the behind the scenes yeah. you know, of what mm-hmm. was going on. I was like, well, where's the Tonica sisters? The girls we're going to be talking about today. I need them made on plastic. Well, Absolutely. As it turns out, they probably never will be made into plastic. So the actresses who play Bria and Senny, kind of a weird deal, um, Lucas retained all the rights to marketing. Yeah. Hasbro then needed to go back, as my understanding, to have all of the actors, if they were an actor, uh, whose face likeness they needed to use, had to sign a waiver saying that Hasbro could use that likeness. Standard Uh, release type stuff. Standard release. Everybody did it. Except for the Tonica sisters, the two women who played them. Now, the one uh, signed the release before she passed away. Okay. So the question might be as to, like, well, why isn't that figure being made? I guess there's a question as to which character she actually played. Yeah. Something like that. The ultimate thing, too, is aren't they're supposed to be twins? Or sisters, you, at least. They so are, there's a twins. supposed to be twins. Yeah. If so, you look up their pictures, there's quite a height difference between the two of them. Okay. There's, I mean, you could have in that. The movie, they probably had them at equal heights to make yeah. it look so I would just, just make twins. the one, we'll double them up. We'll put platforms on the one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do a paint thing. job. Uh, so that's why all you find out there is rip-offs, knock-offs, custom you know, custom-made, oh, okay. stuff like that. Uh, as it turns out, it sounds like the, the actresses... Christ, Christine Hewitt, who was one of the Tonica sisters, she wears the blue bodysuit. She's been signing all her autographs as Bria. So I guess she's saying she's Probably Bria. Yeah. Um, also, in our book, she'll be uh, Shada Ducal. And the other actress, who is Angela Staines, she wears the green bodysuit and is known as Senny. I don't know if this is correct, but Angela Staines just did an interview in 2017, so on a podcast. So my guess is that, and we haven't listened to it. Yeah, we haven't have to. We'll follow up. Yeah, Uh, we just saw. We just found it. We just found it now. So my guess is she's the one that's still living. Whichever one is still alive is the one who is not signing. The one who passed away actually signed before her death. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying put fan pressure on Angela Staines. She's, uh, probably don't like, don't she's probably like she's probably like eighty years old <laughs> on, on a you're ventilator. Gonna, you're gonna somewhere. give her like a stroke or something with the amount of emails. All of a sudden, people start sending her letters. Yeah, this exactly. is where we go wrong. This, is, <laughs> but let's actually get into this uh, the story. So Timothy Zahn, my one of my favorite. Sounds familiar. Yeah, this, why does that name sound so familiar? Uh, Did we do author? something with him? I think so. No, you we guys, you guys don't read anything from Timothy Zahn. Oh, I don't the think author we read who on these revitalized we yeah, Star true. Wars I in know, the 90s. I know. It was a um, joke, bud. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I just want you to know that. You want me to see me go to 11? <laughs> you just, you just I'm run just down how fast Zahn. I can get you there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Timothy Zahn, which makes sense in this line of things since right. it connects it back to the Thrawn stuff as well. So we have continuity a little bit. I agree. Yeah. Styles, For which sure. Is, which is great. And I think here Timothy Zahn's going after a strong suit when the that original trilogy uh, the heir to the empire trilogy came out i think the runaway character from that was mara jade yep um she she is kind of an underworld uh, tough heroine and i think he's following this up i'm sure when the they were handing out who's gonna write what <laughs> some yeah. i'm sure zan was like well the two strong heroines these these two ladies i got i got i got an idea yeah. He's he's going to take a good hit of that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, uh, let's get into it. Hammer Tong, which, by the way, look it up. There's a great audio drama of this as well. That's what I saw when we were looking at our Facebook page the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew about these two. Figure and Dan in the modal notes say, We Don't Do Weddings is a great audio drama. And then I'd found Hammer Tong was on the same site where I found these. I did not know Night Lily is also done as an audio drama. So, we're going to be getting to that one. Look up Night Lily. I can't find it. But it's out there somewhere. If you find it, message us. Hey, let us know on our Facebook page. Yeah, uh, or just message like the us. last time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where this thing can be found. Uh, but we're starting off Hammer Tong, the tale of the Tonica sisters. We got Shada Ducal, who is going to be our main 
protagonist. Yes. It's in her mind no. that we're here. They are they are the Mistral. So uh, before reading this, did you know anything of the Mistral? I no. was waiting for music. Yeah. <laughs> Minstrel? Minstrels, minstrels, minstrels. minstrels. Oh, my. Yeah, no, I knew I nothing. Music I took it as mist. They're, sh- they're like shadows. Oh, that was the second follow. I, yeah, yeah, I liked it. No. it. It was a good little backstory of like, hey, there is more to this universe than the Empire. Right. And, you know, a bounty hunter. Yes, this is a bounty hunter group, I guess I would say. Yeah. Correct. I, I thought this fit definitely more along the lines of the uh, ancient Greek Amazon tradition spot there where you've Ooh. got these warrior women so this was their yes. tie-in spot there yes. but then at the same time like you were saying normally you look at the bone hunters it was all male throughout the whole thing but now you've got the all-female cast that's here right yeah so that was wow nice I've been reading a lot of Wonder Woman recently in the and comics. you didn't even pick that up did you uh, no oh come on it even says <laughs> <laughs> but now it's kind of ruining it for me. I'm seeing it as... Yeah, now you're seeing it see as, as Wonder Woman? They're standing around in the cantina in those red, white, and blue <laughs> panties. No, they're in <laughs> green. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we've got two of them. Shada and her sister. They call each other sisters, right? Manda. Uh, they're in this tap cafe, and I don't know if tap cafe is a word that's been used besides with Zahn, but Zahn started calling them tap cafes, and it seems like it just resounds. I, I like the, the I just tap want cafe. everything to be called a cantina, sorry. Yeah, everything's <laughs> cantina in my mind. But no, tap cafe, yeah. it fit, because then it's saying it's not just drinking. Right, no, you can yeah, have other can, things at this cafe. It's a it's a coffee yeah. house. Yeah, it was. Maybe. It's fancier. It's, it's yes. fancier than it's a upscale, which is why they're talking to this imperial named Doctor Kellering. Yes, and he wants to hire them out as a temporary security because they're going to move this project called the Hammer Tong. Dun dun dun! What a great name! I kind of yeah. like this name, Hammer Tong. I kept mispronouncing it as Hammer Tongue. <laughs> It's just one big tongue that's going to come down yeah. and just land on you. Well, it makes sense when we find out what the hammer tongue actually... Oh, that, tongue, sorry, actually is. That is true. Which yeah. is weird because I read this not out loud, but I kept always saying tongue in my mind. Hey, yeah. we all do that. I do that with yeah. names all the time. I just You don't make, even say names. You just say first letter. I just kind of make up whatever's in my head. Whenever I see that first letter, whatever uh-huh. pops into my head goes from there. But I think we had this discussion about money in our last episode as well. Uh, they demand $30,000, which I guess is... Quite a bit. We've talked about how much was paid by Luke when, and Ben Kenobi to get off planet. And the but speeder. This is a, this is a big job. The only thirty thousand dollars. Again, I'm thinking it's like our own universe. Thirty thousand is thirty thousand. Yeah. I guess they can about buy a ship for that, but they're going to use twelve of their own to do this. So it's not a huge payoff. It doesn't feel like it's just working money. Right? Yeah, it's it, working money. It's enough to get them go to get them maybe through a few months. You know that type right. of stuff. I mean, contract gigs like this—you got to make, you got to make up enough money so that you can survive. I agree, but outside the Imperial base, the Imperials betray them. Shocker! And these speeder bikes show up in the dramatization. This is all great. Uh, yeah, this all plays out really I like well. The speeder bike fun that goes on during this. Yes, I agree. They, very nicely plotted, very nicely explained of what action is going on throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it was written really well. I was able yeah. to have a very good visual as mm-hmm. we were going through it, just kind of everything that was happening, the fighting and the right. The worry, a little bit of worry, but also yeah. anger that they had. Right. And we, we get death right away. I mean, we have Manda and Pav are killed in all of this. And I think something really cool is the Mistral Shadow Guards here have, have this, like, battle language that I they I thought that use. was perfect That's because cool. all you, we've been jammed now. We can't talk. Well, we'll just say what we want, and they won't know what we're saying <laughs> anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of wind talkers in a, in mm, a lot of yep, ways yep. in World War II, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and all these names, uh, Timothy Zahn is great at naming structure, and we got the Sky Claw that comes in. Uh, very cool. But at the base, there lies a Lornar Strike Cruiser, which... For you guys in the notes, I have a picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just pictured something large. That was yeah, that was, that was kind of, I just, one big a big carrier. I def- definitely didn't picture it like this. This, this to me, looks like, um, what are those candies? Um, it just kind of looks like a tube in my mind. When, I, when I'm looking at yeah. this, it's like a tube that slowly narrows. Right. This, just, this looks like a candy, co- a candy corn. This looks like yes. a giant yeah. candy corn. A giant, with some little, all the little things segments on the side and everything though, yeah. like that too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's in my mind just a transport ship. 
You yeah, know, no. it's not quite a Star Destroyer. It's a little bulkier than a Star Destroyer right. because, you know, it's not made for combat. It's made to just kind of carry stuff. But mm. Shada is, you know, our main character is ticked by, I mean, she's lost two of her sisters. So she's, you know, she's attacking this base. Uh, she's going to use what sounds really cool. It's this corrosive gas bomb that she wants mm. to destroy everything with. Yeah, that's destroy a, as that's much a, as she can. Yeah, great she, idea. Yeah, great. She's gone with the well. I've lost two. If I'm going to die, I'm going to take a bunch with me. Yeah, yep. but we're going. As she comes in, she sees the hammer tong laying in the hold of this ship. Oh yeah, and she says, "Hey, th- this is I think a bigger payout. Let's take this ship and just get out of here." Yeah, because wasn't wasn't the original plan? Uh, or wasn't the, weren't these ships normally, you know, didn't they have storage but not as much? Like, right. they gutted yes. this ship just to get the hammer tongue in. Yeah. yeah. To fit. And with all so, the imperial presence, they know, hey, this this is something. Yeah. This is worth something. Let's take this. Um, so, Shada and Carolee, they steal this cruiser. The TIE fighters show up. So, they decide to flee to Tatooine because there isn't much of an imperial presence there. Yeah. Aha. Little yeah, do they no know. presence. <laughs> Did they say Well, at then? this point, they didn't have the presence yet. They didn't. No. No. Little, no, they know events outside their control. You could call it the force working its magic. It <laughs> changes some other things. I do but. think that we're going to get that. There were maybe the yeah. force is working in mysterious ways. Here. Many it mysterious ways. Uh, yes. But what are their yeah. many chlorine counts? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just go away. Thank you. So uh, they go and end up crash landing. You right. know, of course, because that's how everyone lands in Star Wars. No one ever lands yes. perfectly. It's always a crash or something blows up as soon well, as they land. Well, it looks better. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it makes it look a little more dramatic when, you know, you make a pile and when you well, make a big hole in the dirt. Well, I like how they crash <laughs> and then they get caught in a sandstorm almost immediately afterwards. Oh, yeah. But, but they, crashes are epic. I mean, think about it. Star Trek got really exciting in, like, the eighth movie when the saucer separation finally happens kay. and they crash that saucer. That is true. And they, what about the other seven before that? It might not be a great movie, but hey, that I like, part was epic. Is it, was that when they went to the whales? Is that when they talked that, about the no, whales? No, that's I don't fine. Remember that that's one. the voy- or four, the voyage home. Yes, <laughs> just save the whales. Just yeah. But I remember being whales. when that when that was advertised and seeing the saucer separation. That was like a major thing on the screen. That was my whole reason just for going to that movie. <laughs> like they're going to separate the saucer and it's going to crash. I want to see this. <laughs> Back to the other star-based <laughs> franchise that we're actually talking about. Yeah. Here. Back to this candy corn hit in the desert. <laughs> so a candy yeah, corn crashes in the desert. <laughs> Did it taste good after though? Did, and, and I imagine this happening just off screen. Like three PO is like waddling past the crash at some point, but it's happening just off screen. And you know, oh, you know, yeah. you can hear him just go, "Oh my!" <laughs> and just kind of like in his weird <laughs> voice, oh, like, "Where are you? Ah, well, let's go find R two. So as they're there, they get through the mini sandstorm. They right. actually end up looking out and they actually see the whole beginning of New Hope above them. Yeah, yeah they see that happening. little battle. They see the yeah. battle going on. Huh. Oh, that's not oh, good. There's more Imperials now. <laughs> it's kind uh, of how that conversation we, we, went. We thought that we we weren't going to have any Imperial entanglements, and now there's a Star Destroyer. I mean, yeah. hey, at least they have some sand covering their ship. You know, it's not blatantly open in the desert. Yeah, but right. you might get buried alive. Yeah, that's that's just a little side note. Buried alive, it's fine. No, that, that's not a side note. That's, that's a terrible thing. Yeah, it'd be a terrible way to go. It's true, but this, I mean, all of this is following, I think, logic. So they're crashing a desert. Let's go to the nearest spaceport. Let's yep. find a way off this rock, right? So can we get off of Tatooine? So Shada and Carolee go to Mos Eisley. Don't they have before they get there though? They have some weird technology that like can tell them people they might look like. Isn't that some? Isn't yeah. that something yeah. that they had? Because this is where they decide to disguise themselves yeah. as the Tonica sisters. Yes. So what Who we find out enough are con artists. Yeah. So yeah. it fits in well with what they're trying to. So do So we right find now. out that the Tonica sisters are not actually the Tonica sisters. The Tonica sisters are actually Mistral Shadow Guards. Yeah. Named Shada and Carolee. Perfect. I'm calling Tonica <laughs> sisters still. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> the Tonica now. sisters for my sanity. This to is the kind of neckbeard knowledge mm-hmm. that we give you on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So when your Star Wars friend, who is a level 10, is sitting next to you <laughs> and says, I wonder if they'll ever make the Tonica sisters into action figures as he's sitting next to you, you can turn to him and say, well, actually... <laughs> They're not the Tonica sisters. You have to push up your glasses while you say that, though. <laughs> That's well, actually, Shada and Carolee. Well, is this the Legends now, or is this still canon? <laughs> <laughs> this is... Anything Zonrod is canon. It's all yeah, canon. Yeah. Sorry. 
Anyway, so they take their identity as the Tonic Sisters and they go into, of course, Moss Eisley Cantina. Yeah. Yep. And they start going around, oh, there's this person, there's this person with their weird hand scanner. Yeah, they have some weird hand scanner that like reads what right. everybody does. It's mm-hmm. I think it's a cool side that you don't get to see in Star Wars a lot of the times. Right. You know, it looks almost Western, kind of old town, especially in this part. Yep. There's and no then, piano player. There's just some jizz playing in the background. It's yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just everyone. Um, uh, Always. I, I, do, I do think that at, in this era, they played up the underworld quite heavily. And yes. I do yep. think that's a success. What you're hitting on, Paul, not to bring it up too much, because yep. this will be old news in the future. But the Mandalorian, I think the success of the Mandalorian right now is that it's bringing back the Western elements. Ab- absolutely. By the way, it was really hard for me to come here because I have one episode left of the Mandalorian. I've got it. We can watch it afterwards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the so, girls loved it. So. <laughs> I, I'm sure. <laughs> so as they're at the cantina, I personally like the one moment of they're at the bar and, oh, you got to order something to drink. Usual. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever the Tonica sisters. Yeah. yeah. Like, of all the ways that you could accidentally out yourself ordering yeah. the wrong drink. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Smart. I mean, Smart you know, you, you don't want to show up as a Tonica sisters. And what if the Tonica sisters always order like a fuzzy Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you order... <laughs> You know, a Tatooine fireball. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and the bartender knows that the Tanaka sisters would never order the, the Tatooine fireball because the they're Wookie. allergic to them. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a standard almost small town bar style thing where you can just walk in and say, hey, I'll have the usual, and oh, it just magically appears. I do yeah. have to throw this out. For those of you who do search out the audio drama, though, as they head into Tatooine, my one thing that I can't stand is they did not bother to find the speeder bike sound effects to use. Oh. They use motorcycle sounds. And and you can hear the oh. gears shifting. So they're like, let's get on these speeder bikes. Maybe speeder bikes have gear shift too. When he ever hits that pedal, he went faster. There was a gear shift. They had, they had a sound for that. Shut up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Maybe they didn't have the rights to the sound effect. Did you oh, ever they, think of that? No, they definitely didn't. Well, somehow they had the rights to read the book. <laughs> That's true. They didn't have the rights to the sound. Anyhow. So anyway, we've got, uh, they're sitting there and they're suspicious because Obi-Wan walks in with Luke. Again, I can hear the, you know, kind oh, yeah. of Western yep. kind yep. of music. Um, Dr. Evanson, who has this death sentence on 12 systems. I think I wrote that yep. wrong. He's, yep. Well, he says it many times. I got the death sentence on 12 systems. Yeah. I got the death sentence on In every Shut movie. <laughs> In every movie he appears. He's there. Yeah. But I, I really like this whole Mistral take because what is great about this book is we see... The cutting off of the arm of Pond of Baba and and the whole Luke, Obi-Wan, Han thing through multiple oh, yeah. perspectives. Mm. I really like their perspective on this whole whole thing. Well, the Tanaka sisters' perspective here, they're just looking for Someone. somebody that can get them out, right? Right, right, right. And they, they originally pan to them and go, hey... That doctor, what's his name again? Kevorkian, sure. Doctor yeah. Kevorkian, whatever. <laughs> he he might actually be able to get it. With, you know, he's talking to somebody right now. We'll have to go and you know right. approach him later. And then yeah, all of a sudden hands fall off and <laughs> arms fall. So a lightsaber, yeah, yes. lightsaber. They, yeah. they get distracted, but they wanted him originally to take them off planet. And you know, when yeah. you're dead or you but lose an face arm, loses his arm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the one. Ponda Baba, who's Mark Hamill on set, just always called him butt face. <laughs> that would make sense with the stuff Mark <laughs> Hamill has said and like. done too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then they kind of they can't take him anymore. So they continue looking around. They see Han. I know that they see Han. Some right. are they find some other ones, but they're already in contract. But they're going some to talk to good. Solo. Like that's yeah. that's they're, they're getting ready. Yeah. yeah, they're getting ready to. Um, but they see this Greedo comes in. He's going to try to shoot him. Uh, I like this because Shayna draws her knife. He's just going to stab Greedo. Yeah, like, she, hey, we're going to use Han to get off this rock. She's ready to qu- kill Greedo. And this stupid Greedo, who we now know is just this young punk kid Poor who's kid. coming in. <laughs> Poor let's, kid. let's be honest. He was dead no matter what. Han there were many be, ways of yeah, death, no, as we'll Han find out later, too. Han to kill him. <laughs> right. and, but the Tonica sisters would have taken him out. You know, he was just... The original Herdians that are in the bar watching, they want him dead, yeah. too. Yeah. The, his former fake... 
Everyone wants him dead. Everyone wants him. Everyone wants him dead. Oh, God, I can't wait you. till uh, our third podcast on this when we talk about what happens to poor Greedo. I know. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, hey, as, he's used. If you don't know what happens to Greedo, you must download our third deeper delve on <laughs> yes. this. To but find anyway, out. he's as, used. <laughs> as they want to go for solo, they end up getting. Met by, I would say, an imperial officer. Right. Met is a good description. Right I, I think so. Ah, good to see you. Um, I think you left, though. <laughs> right. I think you stole some stuff from someone. You need to come with us. No, we didn't. Oh, crap. Oh, yes, yeah. we are. That's, that's the wall so of, they you get know, arrested. being con artists. <laughs> they you never get know. arrested. Yeah. And we do what uh, Timothy Zahn likes to do. He loves shoving his characters into jail cells and having them try to escape. Like, he yep. did it a lot in the previous yep. trilogy. It's, it's a good thing to have happen to characters. It right. makes them struggle. It's a thing that, you know, it's How kind of... How do you your way out yeah. of the situation? Right. It's kind of a trope in D&D and stuff like that, right. but it's always fun. Right. You it's, know? It's, it's also real, oh, real you world do that. and easily relatable, you know? It's, yeah. it's more relatable than, say, like a thousand Star Destroyers, each with world-destroying lasers. Like, that's not as relatable. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't have those? <laughs> but you've been to jail and tried to escape? But, you know, just being stuck in a jail <laughs> cell yeah. instantly relatable. Yeah, and it is. You're with the characters, then you start to care about them. Versus, you know. <laughs> not caring about yeah. them. Fair. Not okay. caring, <laughs> just enjoying the I thought cinematics. we were going to have that as a whole different episode Oh, so that's a whole different things. episode. Yeah. I, what are you talking about? I was you just bringing up hypothetical. Oh, yeah, hypothetical. <laughs> so they're in prison, and um, there's... They're complaining to try to use it as a way to, well, I'm hungry. Right. Well, look, you distract the guard. I'll do this, and then we can do this. And yeah. then, of course, another guard shows up. They're yeah. outed by this yep. guard, uh, Reej Winward, who mm. knows the Tonica sisters personally, right? Yep. yep. And is like, you're not the Tonica well, sisters. Yeah, they left already. Uh, you're yeah. He's like, you left. I've like paid $60 multiple times for the Tonica sisters, <laughs> and you're not them. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> it's it's just one of those where it's it's a good way to explain how they get out of it as well. Right. You know, they don't have to do anything super crazy, even though I mean from what we've seen, they could. Right. But I like this guy because this guy just he's the normal he's he's in backwater most icely. Yep. yep. He's sitting there and he's like, Okay, so listen, ladies, I know you're not the Tonica sisters, but I know about the strike cruiser that hit out in the desert. I don't know what you got or why you're trying to get off off planet but if you give me a cut we'll just keep things quiet and i'm gonna let you out right yeah. like he's a, this yeah. is great it's a deal maker and i, I it's like a standard this. scum scum place where everybody's out there to make some money off themselves and but help what each we other find out. right is rege is not just a jailer nope he's nope. working for the rebels yeah. oh yeah yeah, he probably he's trained under Cassian Andor, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> probably trained with him. I mean, that's why he's here. He's not afraid to shoot someone who might give him the information. <laughs> the Rebels employed many shady characters, oh, I feel like. Both right. sides did. I think that's... Oh, never mind. Sorry. Let's talk again. Sorry. There's heroes on both. So. There we go. <laughs> so anyway, he lets them out for his cut, yep. essentially. Yeah. And But he needs a fr- they need a freighter so that they can get stuff off because they mangled their ship on that crash landing because of right. course they mangled right. the ship on the crash landing yeah, yeah well and did we go over it he's able to let them out because yeah. the other guy harper or whatever gets called away to the scuffle that's happening on docking bait 97 so as a han yeah, solo's true. doing his shootout it calls away the guy that's that's also that wouldn't allow him to Correct. let these girls yeah. out yeah. So he's able to let him out. Yeah, he so. probably would have shot that mm-hmm. guy anyways. Let's be honest. Most likely. So they're leaving because, of course, it's Tatooine. So, of course, another sandstorm is going to happen. Right. So they've got to get back to the freighter, which they do. This is great because it sets up. A, yeah. I, I, again, if you're going to do a short story, you set up a time clock. Yep. We now have a time clock. Sandstorm's coming in. we got to get the hammer tong, whatever it is, buried, offloaded <laughs> yep. before the sandstorm comes in. And here's where I started to have some issues with the hammer tongue. Uh-oh. Okay. Really? I Sorry, think I know what tong. I think I know what they so might be. They, right. So yeah. they get onto it, and um, what did we call him again? Rage, Raj. Yeah, Rage, 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 Rage. So he goes in and goes. Do you know what this is? No, that's why we stole it. Yeah, it's a part of the Death Star. Wait a minute. So yeah. now we've got a part of the Death Star, right? Specifically, a part of the laser sitting in this ship, yeah. but not on the actual Death Star. Yep. Yeah. Huh? So I I'm, think I think I actually think if I believe another close reading because I think I had to read it twice, uh-huh. and I do think that it's the this hammer tongue is labeled DS Mark II, 
which means oh, it's a part of the, the laser one. for the second ah, Death Star. That makes oh, okay. Because I had the same response as like, wait a second. The Death Star is operational and it's... Just yeah. seen part of its laser? Yeah, but it shoots. It oh. destroys Alderaan. It yeah. can't be having yeah, that's part right. of the laser. I forgot about so, destroying Alderaan. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why for yeah. me it was like, wait. So I think what we're finding here is uh, Reej is finding out crazy information of like, well, we know now about Death Star 1. Yeah. We even got the schematics now. But but do they part, really? A part do of us, they really do they yet really? have it? No, not, not no, really. they don't not yet. Really. The droids still. Well, if you listen to the radio drama, um, <laughs> they are aware that they have it. Uh, <laughs> how could he be aware in that amount of time? He didn't even know. He probably. Sorry. Well, it, I don't know how well connected the underground is, but well, Leia has. Yeah. But anyway. But um. Yeah. But yeah, so he's finding out. Wait, there's construction of a second one going on. It adds a cool layer of that. Somebody in the rebel uh, hierarchy is going to know, even while attacking the first Death Star, that there's a second one. Yeah, but oh, they're going to wait two movies before they'll bring that one. And out. in the current book series, there's even a prototype somewhere, as well as really? a Sun Crusher. <laughs> huh? We'll talk about that in a different episode. In, a, in, the, in the main podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so Rage is. He finds out this is a Death Star, and he kind of wants to change the plan by use of a blaster. Right. Yeah. Because I like that. I can appreciate it. It's the double that. cross. The, it's Cassie and Andor yeah. right now. I'm it's just saying. It's the standard, you know, smuggler. He's, nope. What are you doing? You right. know. I need to change this plan. Bad yeah. things are happening here. Right. I need this. So, but what we have is, Reed is going to say, hey, well, why don't you join me? Yeah, that's right. It's Which, why wouldn't you? I mean, you've got these mistral shadow guards who are looking fine in spandex. Yes. And you're like, well, you know, uh, why don't you join the Rebel Alliance? You're not, you're not the Tonica sister. You're on the run. You know, you know something's wrong if you're on the mm -hmm. run. You should just join us. Become right. a part of the Rebels. We'll no. use your skills. Your skills will be appreciated with us. They're going to have none of that because no. they are. They have their own purposes, right? The Mistral Shadow Guards are a sisterhood. They're the Amazons. Yeah. Well, well they uh, have their own creed. It's like they right. have their own rules. If you betray us, they're we'll, fighting we'll get for Themyscira. Yeah. yeah. Is that the name of the? Sure. Let's go with it. I don't know the proper pronunciation. <laughs> no I'll probably edit that out because if I didn't say it right, I'm not leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> but. uh but anyway, they end up saying, nope, we're not doing it. But, you know, if you can get back here afterwards, it's fine. You can have what's left. Right. And they leave. Yeah. Yes. And then they find out they forgot something. <laughs> yeah, you know, those droids. They, can, droids they, they wander. Droid. Yeah. You know droids that have the full schematics of the hammer tongue? <laughs> right. Yeah. They we like left to, it behind. Yeah, they like to drift off and which you know, be I stolen. Which, I know, honestly, that's not a major thing to them. I don't I no. that it shouldn't be a major thing. They have the hammer tongue, which what yeah. good the hammer tongue will actually do them? I don't know. It's a part of the Death Star super laser. Who are you going to sell it to? Right? Yeah. The people they right. should have been selling it to was the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. That information is invaluable to the rebels. Yeah. You could sell it back to the Empire, I guess. That's a risky Terrible idea. Uh, yeah, I, horrible idea. So, in all honesty, it, I think they made a bad move. I don't know. It could be made up of really nice parts, though. So, mm. it yeah, could, you know, on the it's, black market. It's, it's a huge laser. Sell it for parts. That, were, that are probably... Sell all the dilithium off yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's probably some contraband in there that you couldn't sell else, right. you know, that the Imperials have to have. So, I mean, no. yeah, Maybe it's just tubes of glitter stim. Like, the gl <laughs> it's just packed full of glitter stim. So many drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but I like that at the at the end of this whole thing, uh, you have Shada who kind of is wistfully thinking that maybe someday she too will join the Rebel Alliance. I like this. I feel like this is Zahn kind of leaving a crumb for himself that I don't think he'll ever pick up. I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think if if she does show up. The Mistral Shadow Guards do play quite a part in a lot of his other books, and I can't remember if Shada is one of them. I'm sure she is. Now that I'm saying it, I'm sure she plays a part in his other books, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I time will tell. Time, time will tell. Yeah. Sorry, oh. listeners, I know you can correct me, but I'm fuzzy on on. Later you can only on. read so many. You can only retain so, so much many, of what you. I yeah. know the Mistrals come back, and I bet you it's Shada. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's uh, Hammer Tong. So, did you guys like this one? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I will always say these short stories are fun. They right. do. They, they do a very good job of. Putting action in and tying it into the Moss Eisley Cantina. They right. always do. 
and then oh, of cutting it off. Yeah. You know, right. short and sweet. I love it. Well, and for me, the layer that this is this adds, again, as a kid, you read this, then you go back, you watch that scene, and you're like, those two girls right there, they're mistral shadow guards. And you yep. won't believe this, but there's a ship crashed out in the <laughs> desert that has a part of the second Death Star on it. Like, it creates <laughs> this whole layer that in your mind, you know... But you it, never want to say out loud. But you would show. never say out loud because <laughs> Not, you would never get married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. You wait till after fine. you're married, then you can send your wife to Walmart to get us to, to <laughs> get, get us. Can, first you, day can you please stop on your way home at Walmart to check for the first day of issue stickers, please? I just, I just need Yarna Delgargan. She's gonna be rare. She's gonna be worth at least fifty dollars a figure, <laughs> if not more. Worthless. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so our second story today is Play It Again, Figrin Dan, The Tale of Muftak and Cabe by A.C. Crispin. Yes. Uh, Do you have any background information on Crispin this time? A.C. Crispin. you've done pretty well on most of the A.C. Crispin, man. Famous, famous for his Han Solo trilogy. So uh, he did, did a, a Han Solo trilogy that is not the original Han Solo trilogy. Okay. So there's the... Brian Daly wrote the original Han Solo trilogy. It's from the 70s. Uh, it's wonderful in its own right. I love those mm-hmm. books. It's 70s. Um, and, the, and then... <laughs> That's it enough. <laughs> right. That's enough for it's that. It's 70s. It feels a lot like the Marvel comics from the time. There's no green mm-hmm. bunny, but it's close. But I, I do, like, no I do like those books. <laughs> what? We went over this. Oh, we got so much schooling to do. Well, you might not have been here during that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Which, you, by the way, Justin Justin posted a picture of the Star Wars miniatures. Remember, we, we played yeah, a lot yeah, of the Bith miniatures. Yeah. Yeah. That Bith, I love that figure. Why was there never a Jackson the Green Bunny? Why didn't they just shove that figure in there? I would have I would have played that to death. He would have been part of my Black Sun oh. unit. They'd have been coming in. The Bith, Greedo... Shizor would have been commanding, and, and here would have come the green-eared bunny. <laughs> that would double foot. That could have been one of his abilities. Double foot. <laughs> Poor Luke got beat you, by you, a bunny. Yeah, yeah you'd have to would, be within one square, and then he could use it. Then within he would use double foot. <laughs> then he could use my Jackson uses double foot. <laughs> Plus five to every attack roll. But, oh. but so in anyway, play it again, figure in Dan. So I, Muftak and K. Yep. Uh, Muftak is the one big white one. They've since fleshed him out in the cartoons, where okay. where he lives on his people live on this icy world, yeah. which is what he looks like he would live on. Yeah, yeah. that's not what we're gonna cold. get he in looks, this book. He looks out of place, right? That's for oh, sure. Very. Um, but he he's warm. the one that like kind of like rubs his nose and it makes that weird like (laughs) kind of noise and then you have Cabe who looks like the little bat that's coming up and begging for something from the bar oh yeah Yeah. and we do find out what that is which is fun I I, I love this because obviously these guys just had the old VHS back in 1995 97 and just put it on pause and was like well what's going on here well this little bat guy looks like he's begging for something yep Jury juice. He wants the juice. He wants the juice. Give him the juice. Terrible drunk. Uh, (laughs) He gets awful. He's he's an alcoholic. Yeah, Muftak has to carry him everywhere. He's like a fur. Sorry. It's awesome on so many levels. And this this. story, he kind of reminded me of having a little like bat like Taz around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I don't know. He's Taz. Yeah, he really is. She. She. She is Tazelhaw. Especially when you think about what the context of the story is that they're actually thieves. Yeah. Trying to find all these different things. So true. So, early morning, before the sun rises of Tatooine, Muftak and Cabe are heading for home. Uh, Cabe, in case you want to know, is a Chadra fan. And Muftak, who hatched from a cocoon a long time ago, is unaware of what his species is. And that's going to be the theme of this. He Mm -hmm. wants to know who he is. But they're pickpockets and thieves. So, again, I guess we're going kind of with... Underworld. Yeah. Yeah. It's underworld. It's, It's dark. You got Taz there. He's just occasionally, you know, drunk. 
Hey, so, Disney Plus, we've got an anthology series we'd like to peg for you. Make all of these. <laughs> yeah. The cantina there you go. would be fantastic. I would love Your the opening scene just has to be the cantina replayed over. Yeah. And right. then and you that go is into your, the different your beginning nexus right there. You've got already Perfect. the footage of the Han Solo shoots first. There you stuff go. There you that go. You can oh, rectify. sorry, the edited version of Disney Plus now. <laughs> I can't. Oh, sorry, even oh, sorry, don't sorry, even folks. Yeah, I just yeah, like, I can't I said, believe uh, they're still jack with that. It's not going to. <laughs> sorry, but Cave is. Uh, they're walking down the past the cantina, and again, Cave is. <laughs> Muftak, Muftak, can can we go in and get some jury juice? I just need some jury juice. I want some juice. Give me some juice. You walk so juice. slow. Can we just go faster? We're not even going to get home for a daybreak. Oh, I'm tired. Yeah, right. he, he's like having a spastic she. She. I keep saying he. You know, uh, I, it didn't register that it was a she either. I kept gender swapping. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. They just didn't I really. Did I don't think it really matters. Right. At this point, it's they're just two aliens that we don't really know much about. Right. They just, just take the care of each other. One adopted the other. Yeah. yeah well, one adopted each other because we got uh, Muftak. His head looks like kind of a giant spider's mm-hmm. in a way. Yep. It looks like a big Four spider eyes. has has a bunch of eyes on yeah. it. But we find out that one set of the eyes are normal. The other one sees in infrared, which is mm-hmm. why they're so good at being these pickpockets. Yep. You can see everything now, they need. Yeah. Is it too warm for him to be out in the day? Like, it feels that, like it should be, yeah, but I think we're really going to we're gonna find out he's from kind of a tropical planet. Okay, So I, I'm taking it he's, they did the reading on him more like he's a sloth. Yeah, I just kind of mm. put that in there in my mind. I just right. automatically went with the snow planet, I think. I, I didn't yeah. really think about it when he was talking about where he's from. I'm like, what I they did in the cartoon, I go. hate to say, seems to fit better oh, with, really? with his characterization. Okay. Yeah, uh, of the species anyway. Yeah. But at the same time, he looks like he could be a fuzzy white caterpillarish type thing. Yeah. Or whatever. You know, when they kind of have him hatching out of his cocoon on a jungle planet. Uh, sloths. Ma- sloths. They're in it, it all fits. Yeah. Anything can work in Star yeah. Wars. Um, but a, what we end up having happen is a sand trooper stops them, um, but mm-hmm. says the word, you know, like, hey, get out of the way, you're Taz, you know, or, or yeah. is asking them about the droids. And he finds out that his species is a Taz. Yeah, this is the first little hint of him going, wait, you you know who I am? Random, right. store, random sand trooper number one knows who <laughs> I am. Hey, but those we're sand gonna, troopers are all over. We're going to get uh, Lieutenant Alima coming out, and all this is going to work back on itself because we're yep. going to find out what happens to old Lieutenant Alima in a later story. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he's going to ask this Officer Felf how the search for the droids is going. So again, a little cool layer we didn't need, nope. but we now know that the person who is leading this search for the droids on the planet is this Lieutenant Alima. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. So Muftak recognizes the name name Alima as the person who uh, is of interest to his friend Moma Nadon. Ah, uh, yes. Who Moma we will be Nadon. getting to in our next podcast. I, I, yeah. Right. So, but we, I mean, we can talk about it here. We've got this Moma Nadon who is the slug. He's like a brown slug-like looking yeah. creature. Thorians. Yeah, Thorians. Thorians. Yes, Thorians. Sorry. I, I like them. Yeah. They're, they're fun little guys. Very fun. Uh, and again, I'd like to see them in every Star Wars movie. They need to be walking around in the back. Thorians yes. scream Star Wars. Yes, it does. They really Thorians and Twi'leks. Uh, yeah, I agree. Those yeah. those two things. I think they like to... Twi'leks you see a lot of, and I think it's just because of their, their weird backstory of being very promiscuous. There's kind of this thing yeah. of the Twi'lek women kind of always being used in broth. I was going to say because they didn't really need to yeah, use too much so there's makeup some, or and all they need is some horns. I feel I feel like Twi'leks yeah, get used hate. a lot because they've been fetishized so much. They have and and they need to go back to some of these early rubbery looking seventies yeah. aliens because that's what star that's the oxygen hey, of Star Wars. The Mandalorian <laughs> changes some of this though. I yes, and I think so, they're going to continue to good, which is really good. So what we find out is Muftak wants to find out who he is, and he knows yep. that his friend Momanda Don has been everywhere. He's yeah. like a wise traveler who's been exiled from his planet of Ithor. Which we'll find out more in the next one. In the yep. next, yeah. And doesn't it? Don't they talk about how uh, Momanda Don also has like perfect memory in this point? Yes, yes. Where yes. It, it gives he us that little hint all. that he knows everything and will remember everything. And if he doesn't, I guess he can go talk to his trees who have like a hive mind. As we'll, we'll find out that. more later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But he asked him, hey, I'm a Tals, so have you heard of the Tals mm-hmm. at all? And Moma Nadan says he hasn't, right? Uh, am I right in that? He doesn't really know who the Yeah, Tals he doesn't are. know, but doesn't yeah. he say he, he can look into it more? Right. You yeah. know, but at the same time, he's also thinking, you know, wait, he's you have of... information on this guy I hate. Right. Right. But and Moma Nadan even drops out this whole thing. Well, and uh, by the way, Lieutenant Lima, you know, I'm 
the seed has been planted with him. And you know something's going down between Alima and Moma. We'll but you don't out. know yet. Yeah, you don't yeah. know what's going on. And a little bit here with uh, Nadan here, it kind of has moments where he almost seems like force enabled a little bit, where mm-hmm. he makes comments of, "Well, you got your name yesterday. Tomorrow you'll discover the name of your world and where it's located." Right. And he starts like predictions, making but predictions I, of stuff. He's I, I don't think he is, mm-hmm. but the way that they set it up gives you that option of, "Hey, maybe there are other force users, not just oh, look, all the ones we've right. seen are human." Well, or human. And I, I agree, and I also feel like MoMA is being set up uh, as a very kind of wizard of the woods in a way. He's He's the druid. He's the druid. Very good. Yes, he is the druid druid. of the area. Yeah, he is the druid. You know any druids there, Paul? (laughs) Mm, No, I know some Wiccans, though. (laughs) (laughs) Just curious, though. Well, if you're saying you're Wiccan, you're getting very close. Yeah, you're getting close to being a druid, but (laughs) Wiccan, sure. So during this whole spot, they're still, of course, in the cantina. Right. Which, of course, as we've talked about, this is where action has to be set. This is where yep. it ties everything back together. Right. And he starts talking about some of his dreams and moments of that. Right, yeah. And so he's having these dreams, uh, Muftak is, of yep. his home world being like this this lush tropic with waters and flowers and this azure sky, which is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this. But again, uh, they do bring up this idea of racial memory, which I'm always like, ooh, careful. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the kind of antiquated idea that, you know, there can be this, you know, memories can reside within you. Um, but whatever. Hey, yeah. think of when this was written. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I love it's this because, meanwhile, Cabe is just oh. ticked. Because we're, won't, the bartender, were, yeah. yep. we don't serve their kind. He won't serve... <laughs> Jury juice to Cabe because Cabe gets crazy on yeah. the juice. Cabe, get, yep. Cabe steals. When, <laughs> when he lot. gets the juice, he goes and pickpockets all of the other patrons to pay for his that's juice. just what we want. Yeah. He and drinks that's... his can of Surge and just goes <laughs> flying around the bar, grabbing everybody's mm-hmm. stuff. I, no. I would say it's not Surge. I'd say he takes a good hit, a good hit of old meth. <laughs> and off he goes. Well, with what we find about were, that's possible. And I think this is really funny as well because he calls him a rannet. Like, he's also ticked because Wurr calls him a rannet, which is an action figure also that's never been made. Ah. But there is this weird... I don't even know where you find him in the cantina, but there is a rat. There is a weird large rat creature that is a rannet. And it's funny because... Rewatch. Yeah. Because, I mean, Cabe is definitely a bat patterned after some sort of bat. Yeah. Right? Which is basically a flying rat. Yeah. So, so it's kind of funny that he's he's being pegged as being a rat. Yeah, and it's, he's it's ticked that about insult. it. You know, you know yeah. that's like that he could sit there and go, "I'm gonna insult him by calling him a rat." <laughs> right. So anyway, she finally gets her drink as right. Moftak goes and pays for it, and she's finally relaxing and walking, looking around, seeing all the customers, and that's around when. Well, look, here comes Obi-Wan, Luke, and them. See, you know, the customers but and I what like they can have. <laughs> we have Buttface and the good doctor here. There yeah. Go. She even makes the comment of, yeah, one of my best moments was I stole from this one and put it in this one's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm that good. They, they were drunk, but I still did it. Right. <laughs> she just has that's fun. That's a great moment. Yeah, she, has she fun. does. Yeah. She's that, like, thief that's, yeah, I don't know. She likes screwing with people. Yeah. Right. And I like how she makes the comment of, well, there's Chewbacca. I'm not stealing from him. He doesn't have pockets. <laughs> yeah, right. And in this whole, I can't remember if it's before or after, Luke steps on her foot. After the whole the arm whole, slash. Yeah, arm Luke steps on her foot. Like, She's like, come And doesn't, doesn't he spill her juice? Or am I just putting that in there when he steps on her? I you thought, know, we'll pretend that she does. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That Why might not? just be something that I put in there. Is he that, gets like, pushed he back. Knocked, yeah. yeah he knocked juice over her one. juice a little bit so she's angry and... It's, it's just something that I put in, I guess. Hmm. Right. Whatever. Yeah. But that night, I really kind of like this. They go to Rob oh, Java's... did not spill her juice. Sorry. She specifically says they didn't spill it. Okay. Oh, really? So, yeah. Juice, they didn't spill the it. juice not spilled. The juice is fine. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I just put that in there. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, Bob. Take but anyway, uh, they go to uh, that night to Rob Java's townhouse. And this book has set up multiple ways that Jabba the Hutt has this townhouse, which is which makes sense. Yeah. He's this massive crime lord, but he's living in the middle of nowhere in the desert. That's kind of inconvenient. What? Why did they decide to rob the townhouse again? Because of all that's going on. You've got people looking for droids, so they think that the troopers are there. Uh, Jabba happens to be gone. Right. Yeah, There's chaos they... going all over because this is also after the whole shootout in 
the spaceport. Yeah. Right. They, so everything is on edge. I know right. they want to rob them, but I thought it no. was so that they could get off planet. Right. In the end, that is what they want, is to be able to sell yeah, it. Right. Because, yeah, Muftak wants to get off and search down, track down okay, his origins. Okay, I didn't know if he still knew where he was from. He yet doesn't know. No, okay. still, no, still doesn't That's know. right. That's right. I remember right. where it comes in, comes in then. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those where I like they discuss why they should and shouldn't steal from Jabba. Right. And it makes it gives Jabba another little bit of a threat. Right. You know? Instead right. of just sitting there, oh, 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 me fat slug, me yeah. me feed to Rancor. Me push button, you fall down. Yeah. But you they eat. climb up onto the roof, uh, and I'm picturing this as, you know, they're on one of those uh, domes, yep. you know, all of that that's all over yep, most likely. Uh, and they totally do a Mission Impossible here. Like mm. They lower Cave down, and Cave's just doing the spread eagle, coming down like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. <laughs> and he can use echolocation, yeah, because he's nope. basically a bat. He's a bat. Right? Yeah. So he's searching yep. for traps, which is awesome. The lasers, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. You know, instead of blowing uh, fog Bug. to find the lasers, he just, he's just using his echolocation. Echo. Yep. Right? But as they hit the second floor, they're approached by a droid called K8LR who stops them. And he speaks to Muftak in his native language and says that he's from Alzok 3. There and we go. Yeah. We, we have a name. It's we have a name. We have a Convenient planet. when, yeah. like, you're robbing a place and the droid comes up and tells you where you're from. Hey, no. they're very friendly droids. You yeah. know, it's well, one of those where... Well, the droid's kind of friendly at first, but gets even more friendly once they take the restraining bolt. Hey, those restraining bolts are evil. Because now <laughs> the droid's like, oh, yeah, um, everything is bad. You don't want to be here. You really should leave. This is a terrible idea. I know terrible things that he's done. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, droid. It's that uh, he, he has flashbacks. That's when mm -hmm. the droid all of a sudden mm -hmm. gets his PTSD and is sitting there in the corner just going, uh, leave, leave. Yeah. But, you don't want right. this. But the droid goes, yeah, but there's even more valuable treasure yeah. here than I'm, I'm going to tell you where the yeah. good stuff is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, take us there. <laughs> but instead of artifacts, what they find is a rebel agent that's being tortured by a nerve yep. disruptor. So basically, he's doing the whole on solo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like how Cave wants to take the nerve dis disruptor. But yeah, he wants. And oh, yeah, I don't know it's what, expensive, right? And I don't know what the nerve disruptor looks like, but I'm picturing Cabe now is looking more like Rocket Raccoon with his giant gun. Oh yeah, like he's oh, just yeah. standing there holding this massive weapon. Going, I take. I'm taking this. This, this is ours now. We're gonna take <laughs> this. This is ours. This is ours now. Yeah. But they find out that the spy actually has a... A Barid Mesorium. Yes, Barid Mesorium. <laughs> Does that come up later? No. Okay. Oh. But anyway, he's got this little... Little dot. Right. Data dot. Little data oh, dot. This is cool. Yeah, I, I like the I idea like, behind the data dot. It's yeah, a yeah. smaller flash drive, but I, you know. I just saw it as like a little mini like watch battery. Yeah, that's yeah, all I saw so the watch too. battery. I yeah. saw, oh, you know those like button sheets, the candy buttons. Yes, oh, that's, that's what, what I saw. Okay, it was, okay, one of those was like a little ibuprofen Deek. pill. Like yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what I saw. It was like a little yeah. red ibuprofen. You pill. stick it into like a computer. Yeah, all this information. Right. It loads up. Yeah. But no, it was it was and what he promises them. How much he promises them a lot. A lot of money. when they come back. Well, thirty thousand again. That's that's the going rate. But so they need to remember this name, Barrett Mesorium, because that is going to be. A password that they need to yes. use to get yeah. this data dot to Amon Calamari, who's going to bring it to General Dodonna, who is the big bearded wizard guy. He's a guy that looks like yeah. he hasn't slept right in a long time, yeah. like hasn't showered, and he's kind of like scraggly, right? Yeah, his okay. his his entire job is to in the movie is to like stand over that lighted screen, looking like worried with Leia. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Hey. If you can put on a worried face, that works, and then you get paid for it. All right. Mm -hmm. Right on. But yeah. then as they're making these negotiations, uh, Cabe, she hears something. Right. Oh, we're in trouble. And we've got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And we've got um, Muftak and his ancient blaster. I just want to point that out. He's got this really old blaster still. Because <laughs> I kind of see him as kind of this funny, like, giant bear. Yeah. It's kind of out of his depth in a way. Like, you've got kind of the alcoholic... Thief. Thief. Small thief. And, and he's a kind kinder. of a big goon who's just kind of like, I really want to know where I came from. Yeah, he just wants And he's got this little, like I imagine he's huge and a tiny little, <laughs> like tiny little holdout blaster that's barely working. He's a thief. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to shoot people. He doesn't want to kill people. He just wants to steal stuff from them. Yeah, their yeah. Star Wars is Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So they end up in this giant firefight, right? They're all, yes. Bib Fortuna is there with his weird filed down teeth and he's yep. got all these big guards that are coming in. And so they end up in the main kind of Jabba's 
throne room, not the throne yes. room, but in his townhouse. Yeah, yeah. townhouse, right? throne room, throne room, whatever. Yeah. And they end up they end up burning a tapestry, right? There's something they set fire to his tapestry and bring it down and everything to cause a diversion. Yeah, they're looking for ways out. to get out. That, right. That's the gist then, of it, is they're trying yeah. everything. And Muftak forces Cape to go and not himself, and he yeah. stays behind. Yeah. Well, and they turn on the disruptor, yeah. the nerve that's disruptor, right. facing the door, and they, like, you know, turn it on, leave it going, so it's just blasting towards the yep. doorway so that it can give him cover to get out, right? Yeah. And Cabe, Cabe has to leave. He's the only one, really, that can it can escape. Yeah. Yep. And Muftak is stuck. You know, and yep. he says, right. leave, you know, whatever, I will sacrifice. Basically, he's sacrificing himself right. for Cabe. But outside, Cabe sees all the smoke pouring out and is like, I can't leave yep. my friend. You know, mm. I, I have to go back. So he goes out, takes out a Rodian. Yep, of like, course. Just grabs him, grabs the of Rodian's course. gun and just shoots him in the back of the head or whatever. And on the way out, Poor this Greedo. droid. <laughs> Those Rodians, they die really quick, apparently. But the good old They're droid that good. they removed the, the yeah. restraining bolt from, K8LR, comes in, drops a net on their pursuers. I mean, that's very 80s Star Wars oh, absolutely. willow. Absolutely. You know, tiny net. Yeah, this is George Lucas all the way. We're going to yeah. drop a net on them. Yeah, well, of course. Right? i got to help him. I'll hit the net button. <laughs> Hey, the Nets cover everything. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They ended up l- losing both bags but you know, of their loot, but they, they have each other, plus the 30000 for delivering the data. That so, so that's a positive Here's thing. a thought that I had as I was reading this one. That poor protocol droid. Yes. You know how they make references in Return of the Jedi? It's been so long since her master had a protocol droid. Now we know why the protocol droid doesn't yeah, exist anymore. Now we know <laughs> why he died. This is why the torture happened. <laughs> oh, what happened to the last one? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even put that together. That's what. Well, yeah, I'm hoping that's he... what they were going for in right. my mind. Is that that was why there's no more? We will eventually it's have been a while, uh, tales but... from Jabba's palace if we ever oh. wanted to touch on it. Maybe they talk about it there. I oh, we have a lot of tales books. We yeah, can a go lot through. of tales. Four of them, I think. Yeah. No. So. so. Yeah, but now they are finally going to leave Tatooine, and they're headed for Alzok Three. No. Yeah, they've they've have they because they had to trade with uh, the Mon other Calvary. spy, right? Uh, and they only got fifteen thousand credits, right? But cheapskate. Hey, yeah, he got yeah, them free yeah. transport. Yeah, exactly, that, <laughs> that's I mean, all that, they wanted. That really alone was, was free transport. Too, yeah. So. That's a lot of jury juice. We we have <laughs> kind of an echo here of the same thing that Shado was thinking in the Hammer Tong, the last mm-hmm. book, where as they're flying away, Muftak is thinking, you know, the rebels really treated me well. Maybe we should join them. Someday. I think this is just kind of a theme that we're going to see periodically as right. we read through. That's that was well, my prediction. And why wouldn't you? At this point in the Star Wars timeline is when the Empire was very speciesist. That was yes. the theme: mm-hmm. is that it was all a bunch of humans. And you all had to have, have a unless British you're a, accent. Yes. unless you were a bounty yeah, British, hunter that we British. hired specifically. It's the only yes. way you could be an alien. Yes. It was British white men uh, <laughs> taking over <laughs> taking over the universe. Is what yeah, that sounds familiar. British yeah. British people taking over the what? world no when? i feel like that's why it resonated back then yeah. though we're yep. still so even in the 70s uh world war ii loomed large this was, they were nazis yeah they were yeah. and the idea of being very species is well. Order. it was very black and white but yeah. it, it was yeah. it, it worked very well it's nowadays when they're trying to gray everything and bring everything into balance that it gets a little muddy i don't know the first <laughs> order is a little uh a little on the nose more <laughs> nazi-ish yeah Yes, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except instead of one hand, they have two hands. Yeah, they have two. That's how you know they're in. Yes. They mean business. They have two hands. Yeah. So as a final thought here, um, with how we've been going through all this underworld type stuff, all that theft, I really thought that Muftak should have actually been that full actual self-sacrifice right. and bit the dust there. Yeah. Yeah. Because at this point, we've had so much success. Since it's a bunch of tales, yeah, we can get away with one of them not being... As successful. Yeah. I, I felt like I this could have been a good one for that. The, I right. will say that, but also, this is the Star Wars galaxy. Well, yeah. yeah. That, that's, it's similar, it's almost similar to uh, Dragonlance, where right. you kind of know, if you're going to have a story like this, it's, I don't th- feel like I'm too worried so, about well, the so Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. Hang on a second here. Since we're talking Star Wars universe, let's talk about Empire Strikes Back. Oh, boy. How did that go so well? Yeah. No, See, look, true. they've set it up that you can have... You can have dark wins. I suppose, yeah, yeah. I agree. This would have been one where... Well, if you're wanting okay dark... Our if you say we have third, another Tales book to look in. Third episode here, there's going to be some darkness. Yes, there <laughs> no, are. There's no denying they, that. They turn a little dark, and I enjoyed it. So I don't know if they structured the book this way on purpose, but I think we have two very mm. similar stories of kind of people in the underworld, yep. both at the end of the day going, you know what, I think we could join the rebellion. Wait. 
You mean their tails has like structure to it? There is some sort of structure. It doesn't going just on. start off oh. with a poem randomly <laughs> and it's like okay. the tail of the, yeah the poem of the two suns. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I have to get in my last little thing. I I do like this little drop line about how Cabe is relieved that he won't have to listen to Figrin Dan play the sequential passage of chronological <laughs> intervals anymore. That's right, because he, Cabe. Hates yep. jizz. Yeah, he, he can't hates stand it because he's like the only one that could possibly hear every, every little thing knows. they're doing. Everything they do because his big bat ears, yeah. he can hear everything yeah. perfectly. Yeah, right. So he hates Figrin Dan, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. So, um, so that'll wrap it up here for our second episode of Deeper Delves. Related to Star Wars, at least. Yeah, our it's second op- episode of Deeper Delves. Star Wars edition. The, yeah, the most icy cantina edition. Yes. Right. So uh, be looking. Uh, we'll be dropping these pretty regularly, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, as we're I sitting hope. here, we're going to be recording other episodes, so <laughs> we know they'll be in the back. Yeah. These, <laughs> these Deeper Delves are a little, I will say, easier to make for sure. the main episodes. Because it's still... Because we have a nice beginning and end that we can do all in one shot. Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. No chapters. So, all right, hey, if you got thoughts of these when we post this, uh, just uh, any any thoughts you have on this book, if you're reading along, uh, put them there and we can talk about them. Yeah. Later, um, Absolutely. So, all right, till next time. Make sure you listen to some good jizz. Keep the jury juice cold. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at dungeonsanddweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons and Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, royaltyfreekings.com. Dungeons & Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, and no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.